0: Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Dude, I'm at that. Look at my face. i have, like taco neck. Why did we do this? I don't Can we like bring this thing down a little bit? I tried, bit more? it wouldn't when... Holy oh. shit. We'll make it work. Alright, so I'm uh, close enough to kiss Richie. Happy Monday, everybody. Um, hello um, we are coming to you live on Twitch, and we are also going to be with you on SoundCloud tomorrow after we get this audio hooked yeah, up. We got to get the audio ripped because uh, we have a guest. Yes, we have a guest today. We, Brian Carey is back. He uh, he helped out um, a few, was it a month about, ago? About a month or two, about a month, month and a half ago. It was when I was in Vegas? Yeah. Right, Brian?
1: I think so. Okay. You weren't cool. available.
0: Yeah. So uh, we had his expertise on here with Richard, and they, you know, they probably chummed it up and talked about how awesome they are at magic. And... We cried over Faithless Looting together. Oh, you guys had a moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. R.I.P. Phoenix. Phoenix. <laughs> Although it it's back in Pioneer from the looks of it. So. Oh,
2: yeah.
0: So today uh, we're going to be going over uh, some spikes, right, Richie? Uh, because uh, of Pioneer. Yeah. We're also going to be going over... The Spike Brian Carey. The Spike Brian Carey, yes. Hey, and, hey that's me. Yeah, <laughs> that's you. Hey, it's me. And uh, we also have a few events coming up um, that are not going to be limited for those yeah. of you that enjoy going to Jeepers. We actually uh, have some Magic fests we'll get to talk about next week. Yeah, but, uh, but first, Richie, tell us about your weekend, bud.
3: Yeah, so uh, my weekend was pretty chill. I had some friends, hung out with them on Saturday... We did, like, a early Halloween get-together thing. Uh, and then Saturday, I had my niece's birthday party. So
0: went to... Uh, How old is she? She is seven. Uh, she's still an idiot. Eh, you know. <laughs> yeah. She thinks she's not. My daughter's ten, and uh, she's got a few more years to go until that brain starts getting a little <laughs> more active. <laughs>
3: but look, if you ask
0: her, she's smarter than you, so... Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. she's way smarter than me. hmm she cooks better than you, though. Well, she makes she bakes muffins and cakes, and I can't do that shit. Exactly. But my icing looks a lot better than hers. But her unicorns are better. Yeah, they are. It's true.
3: So, so yeah, what about you? Uh, oh, y- you had your first heartbreak this weekend. You
0: shut your mouth. So <laughs> you're you're officially a real magic player. God. So this weekend, uh, I traveled to. Uh, Friday, I kind of chilled out, um, Russ picked up my stream for me, um, because I just, you know, I kind of needed it, uh, I kind of need a little break on Friday, because I had a, I knew I was going to be going into a long weekend, uh, so I, I have 13 SCG points, right? So I go, and I do well in an SCG, and by well, I mean, meh, top 32, and- Humble brag? So, no, 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 not even, like, uh, so then I get 10 points, and I'm like, oh, I can, get a, I can get a couple more points. I'm good enough at magic. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how it works all the time. Nope. Um, so I go to a tournament in Indiana, and I think, all right, I'm going to go drive out, and then I can go and stay with my sister and my brother and uh, cruise over to Ohio the next day if I don't end up winning this, because I'll probably just take this thing down. Um, so I took ninth at this tournament, and... Um, when they went to go read the top eight, they read eighth place and I was not one of them. And I was like, Oh no, I didn't <laughs> make it. So I got really sad. The feels beds. Um, and then I was just like, Oh, whatever. I'll just go do some business with the store and that'll make me feel better. So it did make me feel better, but uh, I did drive back to the, um, my family's house and I, they were going to a Halloween party. And so I was like, ooh, I'll go to a Halloween party for a couple hours. You found the thing you were, you were a real winner at. <laughs> yeah, I found the thing that I'm actually good at, right? And it's not playing magic. <laughs> um, so I took myself to Meyer on the way there, and I got myself um, a five-pack of men's bikini briefs. Um, and... They were extra large, by the way, because I'm full-figured. <laughs> um, if you're listening to this on uh, SoundCloud, you can uh, you can go and check out my size uh, on U- our Mom's Basement Games YouTube. Um, so I got a five-pack of XLs, um, and then I went over to uh, the Halloween section, and I thought, man, what would be the funniest thing I could come up with? And so it was a between a waffle, a children's waffle... <laughs> A Adult sized bottle of mustard or an adult sized piece of pizza, and so I said, eh, I'll just get in the bikini briefs, I'll put on the, the small waffle costume, and I'll just show up uh, with that and a, a pair of shoes. <laughs> and so I got to the first place, and th- I caught I'd say I caught about three ladies um, staring at my junk, <laughs> and two guys. They were meat-gazing. So, um, you know, and then I went to the second house because we went to two different parties, and I went to the second house, and um, I, I caught one girl in particular. Um, she was meat-gazing about five or six times. I, she just couldn't even look at my face when I talked to her. I was just like, okay, you know, if, if we're going to do this, just, just let it go, girl. <laughs> Eyes up here. Yeah, I mean, you could just stare at my nuts while I talk to you. It's fine. <laughs> so... um they ended up doing a co- uh, contest uh, for best costume, and I won. Brian, I won. Can you believe that? won. Woo!
1: I
3: can.
0: you can't win at Magic, but you can win in the costume contest. I so. did. I won. Who's I, the real winner here? Yes, that's right. I, I won at the contest, and uh, I got to bed. Um, I, got, I got to bed by like 1 o'clock in the morning, mm. and I had to be up at 7 to drive to Ohio to play in that event, and I felt surprisingly good. I was very responsible. I only had like five shots. <laughs> I wasn't too drunk, and so it was it was pretty cool. So, uh, but I went on Sunday. Um, I lost to a my first round. I lost to a Jun deck that had obstinate bailoff in the main and coarser fix in the main. Look, we're going back to 2013, Josh. Um, so it was a really tough start for me that day. <laughs> um he also actually bail what was off? uh what, obstinate bailoff. what the defining yeah. factor was Brian and um for those of you listening, I don't know if you know that what this card is called sh- should I pull it up on, sh- on screen no, 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 just to no, go about it it's called tectonic edge And so I was on four mana you know and I needed to have one more mana so I could through the breach mm-hmm. and uh well he tectonic edged um one of my sources, and I proceeded to die because of that. Um, no one plays Tectonic Edge, for any of you, that probably don't even know what I'm talking about. Um, so it was it, a real rough start to my day. And then I um, I played against John the next round, a real John deck, and I smushed his dick hole in. Um, and then I lost a um, a close one to... What what was that? You said infect. No, not infect. No, that was the day before. Um, Walking ballista. Harden scales. Um, Game three. uh, I was on the play, and I went generator servant. Pass the turn, and I had the pig in my hand, and I had emmercool in my hand. And turn three, I'm going off. Turn two, he plays. I pass back. Turn two, he plays walking ballista. Shoot your generator servant and I fucking died that game. Feels bad, man. Yeah. I could have drawn a pentide prism, and then I would have killed him on four. But then your boar wouldn't have had haste. Correct, I would have killed him on four. (laughs) Instead of three. But, you know, we don't always get everything that we want, so. um, Sometimes you can't have sprinkles with your ice cream, Josh. Well, I didn't even get ice cream this weekend. Oof. That's how you know you had a bad weekend. Yeah, so, you know... it was tough going in and trying to get those points. I like not trying to get points. I think that's way funner um, than, you know, having to get them, um, you know, to try to make it. But I'm going to go to, um, we got another event. Yeah, we got another event uh, in a couple weeks here uh, in Frankenmuth, Michigan. Uh, so I'm going to try to go get my points then. And then after that, you got to get yourself uh, four Ocos. Yes, and then I'll have to play Standard. And I'll have to get a pig suit so that everybody knows. I really
3: hope you actually show up in a pig suit if
0: every, you do qualify for the Everybody knows that I'm the boar god.
1: <laughs> um, I wouldn't doubt that you'd actually do it.
0: Aw, oh, dude. It'd be great. <laughs> so,
1: so,
3: all right. What about you, Brian? How was your weekend?
1: Oh, it was pretty good. Uh, I was actually home this weekend as far as magic-wise goes. I was with Richie at that uh, Halloween shindig that we had together. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. otherwise, mostly just kind of did adult stuff over the weekend. Uh, got a PTQ upcoming, uh, this weekend though. So, yeah, no, I got to find a standard guy tomorrow standard. for that. Yeah.
3: I like totally slipped my mind about that event and I'm like, Hmm. Yeah. Well, good.
0: Good guys. We'll get it. We'll, we'll get into, uh, the old fun fact here. Um, Every week, we usually do a fun fact, right, Richie? Have we missed a week since we started so. doing it?
3: Not since you came up with this idea. and It's been a really fun idea, actually. Yeah, I like it's it. It's been cool pulling these I've out. I've learned a lot of stuff. This week, we're talking about tribal, and not, like, goblins, merfolk, but we're talking about the card-type tribal. I, I want to say this is the most recent, like, card-type added into Magic the Gathering.
0: I'd have to say, yeah. It
3: definitely has the least cards in it which yeah. is part of the reason i pulled it up as the fact there's only 54 tribal cards in magic the gathering okay uh some of them came during odrazi uh, a lot of them are from like the lore era though you know bitter blossoms a bunch of ele- or a bunch of elementals and yeah because shapeshifters that's... and goblins
0: when they when they printed Tarmogoyf, they had to put that as one of the texts on there was tribal <laughs> so well i think this was after Tarmogoyf. oh which actually uh mini fun fact
3: for the fun fact <laughs> Tarmogoyf referenced tribal before tribal was actually a thing in magic and it was kind of like when Oko came out how everyone was kind of just like what is food like everyone was like what's tribal what a what is what's a tribal card why does this grow this? wait really there was no tribal yet
1: oh there no, was it was it was from future sight so it was there was one was tribal card there's oh, bo-
3: there? oh. Yeah,
0: there's Bound in Silence. I'm looking at it right now, actually. maybe well, So, like, maybe they just printed one because they knew that they had some upcoming that they were printing?
3: Yeah, well, like, I assume they had to have had Lorwyn in development, because Lorwyn was the next set. Yeah. Oh, or, yeah. No, the thing with Tarmogoyf was it referenced Planeswalkers before Planeswalkers were a thing. That's what it was. Oh, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh... Yeah, because... It wasn't tribal? Yeah, they had... They printed, well, tribal wasn't a thing other than that one card. God, I'm going to have to start fucking check, fact-checking you. Well, I mean, I, I'm sorry <laughs> this was an on-the-spot fun fact. Like, it was... I had my actual fun fact, and then I thought of a funner fun fact for oh, the fun fact. so funner rare. But, yeah, yes, it was Planeswalker that had not been printed before Tarmogoyf, because Planeswalkers first came out in Lorwyn. I would have thought there was more than 54 tribal cards, I guess. Yeah, they were pretty block-exclusive, block uh... We've seen a couple with, like, Aldrazi, but we haven't really seen many printed since then.
0: No, they don't do a whole lot because, I don't know, they they do tribal, but I know that's everybody's favorite thing is tribal, right? All the casuals. Mm-hmm. There's more casuals in Magic than there are competitors. Yeah, we are the 1%, oddly yeah, enough. And so they're always clamming for, when are you going to, you know, when are you going to do this for tribal? like, And so they're always like, well, we're going to get to it, but, um you know, we got to... We got to keep developing the game and make sure that we're doing things right, so you don't always see tribal stuff come up. Yeah, and if they do, they only touch on it. Like when they brought when they made a bunch of new slivers lately.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It, I thought for it. sure we'd get a tribal sliver. Party. I know, and they just they didn't make it powerful enough to make slivers good, mm-hmm. right? which is insane. We thought like, oh yeah, this is it, this is slivers time, or with the new goblins they're printing. Oh, this is goblins time. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. All right, well, so Richie,
0: let's let's uh let's do what we always do and go to momsbasementgames.tcgplayerpro.com. Which that's our sponsor and that's us. Oh, and, we have uh, no all of dusts. Oh, no all of strike dusts. one. All right, uh, let's see. That? Oh, uh, yeah. Eldrazi conscription. Yeah, check Eldrazi conscription. See
3: if we got that. How many tribal spells do you think you've cast, Brian?
1: Uh. Tar fire. <laughs> Tarfire and Bitter Blossom, I think. That's it.
3: No Eldrazi Conscriptions. Dang. No, no. <laughs> he said no. No, I'm not casting. I that I've card. cast this card actually. Favor the Mighty. Okay. I played it in uh, Cheerio's sideboard.
2: Nice. So that way
3: uh Burn Decks couldn't bolt my
0: dudes and that me, drew cards. Let me see if I've if I've cast any of these I've definitely cast well, excuse me, I don't think I've cast El Drazi conscriptions. I have never cast, but I've cascaded into knowledge exploitation a lot. In Maelstrom Wander. Okay. I've cast Lingify. Um, that's a pretty cool one. That's the oh, one that... Oh, not makes of this sp- world. Look that one up. Oh,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I remember getting Note. some of those
0: ones. Go ahead. This is so fucking funny being attached to your ear sharing Dude, earbuds right really now. it's really
3: weird. I feel like we're like...
0: On the, All right, well, They already sold. Man. All right, so we do, we do have tribal cards in stock usually... But man, I guess we're selling them like crazy. Yeah, you
3: know the the commander players are getting after it. Tar fire. Yeah, do we have any tar fires?
0: We... Have you ever cast a tar fire, Josh? I actually have not. Maybe in like limited when. It back seems the weird that the burn guy hasn't cast tar fire. Well, it's tribal though. Like it doesn't really do anything yeah. for your
1: burn deck.
3: Ah, uh-huh, we have tar fires. We did a... yeah, it. We have pumps
1: your opponent's tarmogoyf. Yes, exactly. So we it, had... it
3: lets their tarmogoyf kill you faster. Does that say 194? No, that's the number on the card. Oh, I was going to say, that's a lot of Tar Fires. Ah, if we had that many Tar Fires, I'd be impressed. Because this card's oh, we have 20. Nice. I was going to say, this card's actually hard to find, but apparently I'm wrong. Good. Good.
0: All right, so we had we 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 searched until we found one tribal card that we knew we Good had Good enough. On to, on to SCG results now. All right, so we're going to talk about SCG. and um, there was, Atlanta. Yes, uh, there was SCG Atlanta this past uh, weekend. Um, and that kind of gave us an idea of where the format was uh, turning to with all this Oco talk because uh, as you guys know, go be loco. Correct. Uh, if you're keeping up with uh, Twitter, if you're keeping up with the Instagram, if you're keeping up with Facebook, um, there are a lot of people like the, what I woke up to this morning is um, when I was heading to the bank was um, a tweet that was retweeted by like seven different people that said, why isn't Oko banned? I hate this card. That was what I woke up to today. I'll second that notion. Um, but um, this is going to be a discussion. Um, I guess we can have a mini discussion before we get into this about our, our opinions on, on Oko because, Brian, I know you have a an educated opinion on this card also. Um, and I guess I'll start with my opinion, which is going to be maybe a little less competitive than you guys, but I don't know. I, I've been playing a lot of Magic lately, so... Mm. I, I kind of feel like I can have an, an educated one, um, unlike usual. But um, So I'm going to start off. I, think, um, I don't think the card should get banned um, in um, Modern ever. Um, I think it probably should be looked at by uh, the most intelligent people at Wizard in getting banned in Standard. So I'm kind of on the fence about it, which I don't usually like being on the fence about stuff. So I guess if I would have to, if I had a gun to my head, I would say ban in standard because I think it's going to cause a lot of warping and a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it's I think it's very uh, it's a very fine card for modern and a very fine and excellent card for legacy. Uh, this card is super cool in legacy. Um, it helps against a lot of those decks that just play chalice on one. It allows you to get out of those locks. Um, it allows you to steal a batter Batterskull. Um, it allows you to just do some really cool things. It allows you to get some life gain going uh, against the Burn deck, though I've played against it a few times. Um, and if if it, resol- if it resolves and gets online, I die if I don't kill them by then. Uh, but most of the time I just outrace it. And it's a card that if they have it in on the draw, um, they're probably going to lose just by casting it, right? Because it takes them a turn to do anything with it.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And
0: I'm going to kill them at that next turn.
3: Yeah, I I feel the I feel pretty much the same way. Uh standard, I think this card needs to go, although I'm worried that Wizards won't do much about it because of it being, you know, the headliner of Eldraine. Mm-hmm. Uh pioneer it We need to get more like more looks on that format Uh, say
0: anything about pioneer
3: we're gonna well you haven't even played the format yet i I have i have uh we're gonna talk more about pioneer next week but i think there's a chance that it's too good for pioneer uh modern and legacy though and, and even vintage i think the card is going to be very strong and i think it's definitely going to probably be a staple moving forward but i think the card overall is fine like uh I'll mention it here briefly before we, like, get into it when we're talking about results. Uh, the reason why the Simic Urza deck put four copies in the top eight, sure, Oko's like, what really, like, pushed this deck over the top. But the problem with this deck isn't Oko. The problem is Urza. And in Eternal formats, like, like this is the first time I can actually say I think Teemer is in a solid spot in Modern because of Oko. And I think that's good. Yeah, like it gives, it gives decks reach.
0: And so it's yeah. very cool.
3: So I think Oko is fine. I think it's fine for eternal formats anyways, besides for maybe Pioneer. But I think it definitely needs to be looked at in standard, possibly Pioneer, and I hope wizards will do something, but I can't guarantee anything about that.
0: Alright, what Brian, your your turn, buddy. Let us know.
1: Yeah, I I think it absolutely a hundred percent needs to go in standard. Um, okay. I don't think there's any question. I I've seen reports talking about how the green decks are at clawblade levels right now, which is saying a lot because that was like one what the most dominant standard deck, one of the most dominant standard decks we've ever seen. Yeah, because like the MCQ that happened this past week on the arena MCQ uh, day two meta game was I think it was like sixty four percent Oko decks or something like that. It was over six like about two-thirds I think that that is absurd that like this many decks in this kind of a level like over 50 percent of decks playing this one card is just just warping. not definitely with, warping. It's, yeah it's the it's the the format basically the fact right?
3: that noxious grasp is easily a main deckable card in this format
1: is it's the best uh, removal
0: spell is really as, a ridiculous well for those to of me. uh for yeah. so those people out there that don't know what Noxious Grasp is, which I am one of those people, please tell us, Brian, what <laughs> Noxious Grasp is.
1: Uh, one black and one uh, instant. Uh, destroy target green or white creature or planeswalker, and you gain a life. So it is super narrow for only two colors, and it is a four of in main deck of, like, the top deck right now because it kills Okos in the mirror.
3: They talked about the result at, uh... Met at the M or the recent MC that was Arena, and they said a hundred percent of decks that were registered at that event had
0: green or red in them.
2: Hmm. Yeah. All yeah. right,
0: Brian. So tell us, uh, tell us what you think about Oko for um, Eternal formats like uh, like Modern or Legacy. Have you had a chance to play against that that card in uh, Modern or Legacy yet?
1: Uh, I've played against it in Modern. Um, I recently top aided not this past one that just happened in atlanta but the one happened previously in indianapolis Yeah,
2: you i did, did play
1: yeah i did um i did play against it there but i'm on i was on burn so obviously it's really good against me so as far as the format goes um i'm not sure about it in modern it's probably fine i can't imagine that this is the things that we ban in one of the things we ban in modern um like i think out of the Where's the Dex? I think Opal's the card to go, not Oko. And then for Pioneer, I haven't really looked at it at all because all my events coming up are standard, but I could see it being too good for there. Um, I know that we're getting, like, some sort of band update before, like, the first Pro Tour next year, which is the Pioneer. Uh, As far as Legacy goes, it seems sweet. Like, being able to, like, deal with different problematic permanents and the fact that, like, things like Force Will and stuff already exist to help, like help balance everything out i think that this is just as another card that lets you do that and um it's probably definitely fine for legacy probably too good for pioneer i imagine it will end up being it, it and might then, be it might be yeah uh for modern i think it's fine now um i could see it end up being a problem but i i don't think it will end up i, I would be very surprised to see it banned yeah
0: all right, good. So I think we're all, I think we're all basically on the same page here that mm-hmm. um, we think it's very problematic and standard. Uh, we think it is um, pretty solid and modern and we think it's very fun um, in legacy. And then Pioneer, uh, we need more data. So yeah. All
2: right, There's Richie, only been take us, one us in. Event.
0: Yeah, exactly. There's only been one event. Before um, we get into this, I just want
3: to point something out that I noticed. I uh, thought I'd bring it up to you. Yeah. There is an IQ this weekend in Ohio.
0: Oh, look out. At if, Frogtown. If Daddy wasn't gonna be at Eternal Weekend, I'd be grinding those points out. <laughs> uh but yeah, so Grix's Death Shadow
3: actually took the event down. Uh which I'm not surprised to see when, especially like once you break down and see how much Wurza was in like this top eight. I literally don't think Grix's Shadow had a bad matchup. Maybe Amulet Titan can be a little rough, but it's always pretty solid against the like artifact combo decks because it has good disruption and cards like Stubborn Denial, Thoughtseize Inquisition while backing up powerful and fast threats like Grimag Angler or Death Shadow. And you know, they can't turn your Death Shadow into an elk
0: if you Stubborn Denial it, so look at that one that one of Fun of uh, they played a one-of Royal Scions in the main board.
3: This has actually uh, been... A lot of us have been replacing Team or Battle Rage with this card, which I'm not sure if it's correct or not, but this has been seeing more and more play in this deck, and from what I've heard, it's been pretty solid because the deck is already naturally grindy and wants cards in its graveyard for things like Germag Gangler.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know this deck used to also, in the past, um, would play... Um, what's the two-for-one? Discard a card, blow up an artifact, or do two damage. Uh, yeah, He's he
3: got two part. on the board.
0: Yeah, so I know that was in the main. Um, but maybe this is that one flex spot where they're just like, Oh, you know, we can we can throw something cool in there. That's that's very good. Um hover over Royal, Royal Scions. I wanna yeah. um so this card, this is an Eldrain Mythic Planeswalker. Uh it's the Will and Rowan one for those of you that know. Um Oh god, what is it? The those Battle Will and, Bond. Yeah, Battle Bond um, characters. So it's plus one for a red, blue, and a colorless. It's plus one is um, draw a card, discard a card, so it's loot. Um, you can also plus one. Um, target creature gets plus two, plus o and gains first strike. And trample until end of turn. So this is really fucking good for your fat bodies like Death, Shadow, and Gurmag.
3: Yeah, that's why, like, you've been seeing it over, like, Team or Battle Rage in some lists.
0: Yeah, um, you know, Battle Rage does... Uh, give a little bit more reach than this card um it's also not as telegraph well i don't know if it does give more reach because it ha- it, it has the ability to loot um so i think maybe their thing tbr thinking- gives more reach this also adds some more consistency to the deck though that's what i'm saying yeah i think overall reach i think the royal scions is just a better card um but it does different things right um, and then its ultimate is Neg 8. So it starts off at 5, so you only need 3 turns to um, to get, get its ultimate. Uh, but with this deck, I don't see you going that many turns with this thing on board.
2: No,
3: you, um, you
0: probably won't. The ultimate is draw 4 cards. Uh, when you do, Royal Scion deals damage uh, to any target equal to the number of cards in your hand. So that's really cute. I like that. So this is a pretty cool addition. I like to see... Um, new cards and decks um but i like to see new decks playing new cards that are doing well that's what matters
3: mm-hmm. what's your thoughts on this deck brian
1: uh i think shadow is good um i'm not 100 percent sure in the royal Science. it seems kind of sweet as a Grindy element that also helps to burst your opponent down yeah um but i think it t- tends to be a lot uh just a meta game dependent deck um and i think it's really good that the exploiting decks are when when Things are trying to be comboy because then you're able to just have a fast clock while disrupting them just enough with like thought season, uh with, uh, uh, denial, you know those kinds of easy effects where you're able to just just need to stop like one major thing from happening, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But like when things get a little bit more grindy or when uh, like Faithless Living was around, I think it had like a bad dredge matchup and stuff. Yeah, so and I it had think a, a lot of it with
3: graveyard ducks.
1: Yeah, so I think a lot of it just mostly is meta-dependent for the deck um, as to when it's good or not, but I think when it is good, it's one of the best decks in it, by a a good margin.
3: So, uh, we hinted at it when we were talking about Oko for a little bit, but the deck of the tournament really was this Simic Wurza deck, which uh, came from the Lotus Box team. Uh, They put four people on this deck into the top eight, and I'm just going to go ahead and go over their list, since this is Kind of a new take on a on kind of two archetypes that have existed more recently, the Wurza deck and
0: the Paradoxical Outcome deck. Yeah, so this they what they did was um they took these two decks and they docked them into each other, correct? It's kinda like penis docking. Uh sure. (laughs) It's great. They took a really sweet good deck and a not so good deck. Eh,
3: they were both pretty solid. Think so? yeah so uh so here's the deck list you got four gilded goose uh you know that card from standard food birds of paradise
2: mm-hmm,
3: uh four emory lurker of the lock four urza lord high artificer and then four oko thief of crowns in the main 19 lands in a snow-covered forest four islands a breeding pool two flooded strand four misty rainforest two mystic sanctuary which is actually uh the card that Sam Black told me is the most broken card in Modern, besides for perhaps Mox Opal. So, uh, you talk to Sam Black. Yeah, I didn't know he talked to people. Yeah, well, when you're facing him. Oh, he's not,
2: okay.
3: He's not horrible. No, but uh, so yeah, if you can have the two most broken cards in Modern in your deck, how bad
0: can it be, right? I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I mean, being able to chain Cryptic Command. Yeah, um, and that
3: that's actually uh something really interesting with this deck is that they like. Took the cryptic loop, which is if you have two cryptic commands and a mystic sanctuary, you can lock your opponent out by yeah, you just tapping the their sanctuary. team, bouncing the sanctuary,
0: replaying it. Yep. Yeah, so you can just bounce them bounce and tap the dudes down, and it's a very bad time.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So then you got two polluted delta, two scolding tarn and a watery grave to round out the lands. Uh spell wise, you have an Aether spell bomb, a card draw of Emery, also just like A pseudo-removal spell. Uh, Three Engineered Explosives, good for turning on an early emery or just being good removal. Four Mishra's Baubles. One Sword of the Meek and one Thopter Foundry as the combo in the deck, you know, the thing that really really wins you a lot of games is when you can get this online. Uh, The two War of Inventions really help with the consistency, as well as just Urza himself. Three Cryptic Commands, as we were talking about, to combo with those Mystic Sanctuaries two metallic rebuke which is a really cool addition in my opinion as just like essentially a one mana mana leak in a lot of times in this deck because you're gonna have two artifacts in play that don't do anything so you can feel free to tap like your thopter foundry or maybe your construct off urza a spell bomb things like that uh your four mox opal which you're not going to play an artifact deck without four mox opals and then four Arkham's Astrolabe as
0: just solid mana fixing and really cheap card draw. I'm pretty sure this, this card, this whole deck's going to have to get a ban. I mean, like, before, when we were going over this, I mean, if you roll the tapes back of, about two months ago when this deck came out, I'm like, look out. We both said it. We're like, look out. This is the sneaker. This is the best deck. Yeah. Um. And then after the after like a month went by, we're like, okay, this deck's actually starting to show some potential. Uh, Siggy Stardust says, howdy, howdy, Stardust, how's it going? Hey, what up? Um, so, uh, and now that I look at this deck, I'm just like, Jesus, this thing needs a ban. I mean, what are you thinking on this one, Brian? Talk to uh, us about this deck, because this deck's fucking absurd, man.
1: Yeah, this deck is really solid. Um, I think that they definitely had a very good build for it. Um, they obviously put a lot of work into it and came up, like, to come up with a lot of different, like, individual numbers for the deck to know what they, like, they had to do some digging the Fine Metallic Rebuke, but I actually think it was a good call. Yeah, Zan's a genius um,
3: when it comes to deck building.
1: Yeah, I also think Gilded Goose is to this deck kind of what uh, I've always, it's very similar, uh, but in the way that Thraben Inspector was for Marty Vehicles and Standard, where it's just like in, like, Thraben Inspector was able to crew like your uh, looter scooter, right, but then also made an artifact that was able to like trigger for like un- unlicensed integration and everything, right? So Goose kinda does that with this deck where it makes like the artifact, which lets you use that for Metallic Rebuke and for your words. But then it also lets you ramp into like your Urza, which is really important in Modern and everything. Yeah. So I, I think that it's just like really well built. Um I think some version of Urza probably along the lines of this build um is probably just the best deck in Modern and I think Opal's finally gonna get Ax. well okay I think, so i think it'll be opal but
0: I yeah don't. so now uh, what if we don't get rid of opal what if we just get rid of urza right what if urza's I, the actual mistake here brian i mean can we can I, we maybe go down that road can we talk about that for a second
1: i think that absolutely is a road you can go down i just think it'll end up being kind of similar to the Faithless Looting arguments where like you just continuously ban graveyard cards while just ignoring the fact that Faithless Looting is the one that allows all of them to exist. I think it'll be a similar thing with Mox Opal where if you don't ban Opal this time, they'll randomly print eventually down the line another broken artifact card that will just Opal will just allow it to continuously just develop that way. Okay. Do you so, think we
3: potentially just see like because I, I guess my biggest problem is I'm not sure, like, obviously a Mox Opal ban hurts this deck, but I'm not sure if it hurts it enough. Do you think there's oh. a chance we just see, like, it, will it be like a bridge from Below incident where they ban Mox Opal and they're like, wait, Urza was the real problem? Or do you think it'll be more of a Faithless Looting thing where, you know, they chop the head off, they chop both heads off the Hydra to make sure it uh, it's finally gone?
1: They might end up... Needing whichever one they they ban, because I assume one of them's getting banned, they might end up having to ban the other. Um, I just usually think that if you're you're better off banning the enabler rather than the payoff.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, so what about the uh, the other mocks that's going around? The legendary, the shitter mocks, Mox right? amber, Mox amber. Um, now let's say we do get rid of Mox opal, right? And it's like, okay, yay, we finally got rid of it. It was it was oppressive, um, and then. Don't you just slot in Max Amber here?
1: Uh, it can't. It, like you certainly could to an extent, but the consistency on it is way, way less. Yeah. So I, I, think, I think your I think deck that probably that has to get rebuilt
3: fine. a little differently too. Yeah, like uh, the the Urza uh, outcome decks we were seeing were really good with that card because you had you had Emory, you had Psy, you had Sahili, you had uh, Urza himself. So you really have to put a lot of... Le- you have to put a decent amount of legendaries into your deck. And I'm not 100% sure 12 copies is enough.
1: Yeah, I think uh, the like, other decks have like something like 14. Yeah, like 14 to 15. Okay. So, yeah.
3: Cool. So, uh, yeah, right. before we head off this, though, I want to read the sideboard off really quick for everyone at ahead. home. We got three Damping Sphere, an Engineered explosive, or an Engineered Explosives, an Ensnaring Bridge, a Graf Digger's Cage, a Nile spell bomb, a Pithing Needle, a trophy, two Drown in the Lock, which this card is super strong, I think. Very strong. Three Fatal Push and two Thought Seas. So, okay. just a lot of the cards we see in main slash sideboard of a lot of the different Urza, Emery slash Mox Opal decks.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, was 14 to 16 on a math article for
0: Mox Amber. Okay. Is what Ziggy was saying. So Ziggy's is uh, telling us that there is 14 to 16 legendary, um, legendary permanents, correct? That are going to that you're going to need to have uh, to make the math probably pretty close to use um, Mox Amber. So I guess they would have to change things around, but uh, it still would be possible because at that point there's 12 in that build. Mm-hmm. So. so. Probably throw a couple sides or something. Yeah, I just main. feel I just feel like not getting rid of just getting rid of Mox Opal might not be the exact answer. Mm-hmm. You know, because it might, it
1: might need both. I could. Yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah,
0: I just I don't know if that's gonna be the answer 100%. All right, Richie, take us through the rest of this top eight. Yeah, so Amulet put a top eight in
3: to probably nobody's surprise. This Austin
0: is... Collins with Amulet. Hmm. Oh. Th- I played against him at the at yeah. the open. Collins is a super cool guy. Uh,
3: yeah. I've talked to him at a few different events and he's he's played Amulet before to my knowledge, but uh he probably just wanted to, he didn't play it in uh indie probably because he wanted to get some more reps with it would be my guess. Okay.
1: I think he said in the top 8 profile that he couldn't borrow any other decks so this is the one he played.
3: <laughs>
1: nice. Nice. Sick i like it
3: uh and then we had a devoted devastation deck top eight also with uh three once upon a times instead of playing like any extra
0: like cords and stuff yeah Cocoa. or uh
3: like they were playing the stoneforge package for a little bit in this deck
0: yeah it's just uh, not good enough
3: they have an oko in the deck because you know why
0: not you're blue and green yeah so everybody's trying it they're splashing it yeah. Brian, are you thinking about, um, with your um, new burn list that you're talking about, are you thinking about Splash
1: for Oko, or what? I mean, <laughs> it's Broko, man. <laughs> Oko be Broko!
3: Look, man, you just play four Gilded Goose, four Oko, and you'll be fine, right? Yeah, because then you got artifacts.
0: Yeah. Sick. Uh,
3: and then the the um, the other deck I really wanted to talk about from this was uh, this Crab Vine deck that people have been playing. It, it's basically the what's left from when hogak was a deck uh i think this deck's really sweet i think there's definitely something here it uh it's something i i need to try on stream at some point
0: because man if the card vengevine's playable i i need to i need to listen we we need you to set tickets on fire okay at least every other week and we need you to play some vengevine Hell yeah. If you're going to set them on fire, you set them on fire in style, and this would be it. Because this trying. deck looks awful to me. Oh, no, dude. This this <laughs> deck looks like a masterpiece this to is, me.
3: This is litty-titty for you, huh? Heck yeah. Okay. What? Uh, what do, how do you feel about this deck, Brian? Uh, I, think it,
1: I think there's something. I just, I don't know. I've always thought that Faithless Littling was too key to these Brian, days. tell the truth.
0: Tell him it's a pile of shit. Look.
1: No, I, I don't think it's a pile of shit. But I also don't know if it's really like upper edge on for modern.
3: That's fair. That's fair. We'll uh we'll find out. I'll I'll do some oh, research. We'll, oh, we'll find out. I'll, right? uh, I'll get some research going in. Don't you worry. I'll find out when we're missing eleven tickets <laughs> Look, from the yeah. uh, from the account. It's no different than you or Aaron playing <laughs> on a weekly basis. So. Fuck you guy. But yeah, so uh, the next thing we have is uh, the modern challenge. And uh whoa, would you look at what took first in
0: the modern, or not challenge, modern classic? Okay, hold on. I'm going to, I'm gonna, you know, take a little dig at you real quick, so don't get upset. You played this. Yeah,
1: I beat, I beat this guy at the open where I top-aided. Was he playing Nelgret? No, he was playing uh, Shadow. This one oh. actually had an on-camera feature match.
0: Oh, nice. Guy. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. How was he as an opponent? He's cool. 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 Um, so, Richie, you played this deck a few weeks ago. This is, a way, this is a different build to,
3: to, like, just asterisk that.
2: Oh, oh. Like,
3: I'm... Okay. I'm aiming to try this is. deck
0: again. If Delver
3: of Secrets is playable in modern, goddammit, I'm going to play Delver.
0: Listen, I w- and I'm just going to quote you here, Richie, when you said, this deck sucks dick, and it took first place in the Classic. Well,
3: no, no, no. I did not say this deck sucks dick. I can pull up the Ross Miriam list, because that was the deck that did not feel good to me. Two S's. I'm just going to go to SCG and find his article. It works the same way. Okay. Wait, you don't have premium. Damn it. Why would I have
0: premium? This is all... Uh, premium is just... Brian, uh, I think you'd be on board with this. SCG premium Brian is, has SCG premium. I know. I do have premium. Okay. <laughs> but... <laughs> so I think he's on my side on this. I don't know. Um, but it's propaganda. It is fucking propaganda, isn't it? Tell me, I'm t- tell me I'm not wrong.
1: I don't know what you mean by propaganda for it.
0: Okay. So let me um, let me take you back to uh, 1947, right? During no, the... I,
1: I get what propaganda oh, is. Oh, okay. Okay, <laughs> good. Like...
0: So each week, they're going to tell you, hey, guys, this is the sickest deck right now in modern, and this is the deck I'm going to be playing. Or if I were going to the tournament, I'm going to play this deck. And that person that writes that article doesn't even have intentions of playing that deck, nor do they think that deck's good. They're just writing for content. So that's why I mean it's the SCG propaganda machine.
1: Uh, I would not agree with that.
0: Okay, tell me. Tell me what you think about uh, Premium. I want to hear it.
1: Well, I think that Premium is just their way of being able to pay their writers. Uh, I mean, it is a paywall, but it is just a way for them to um, be able to generate you know, revenue. Um... But I think that a lot, most of the time, people really do try to write honestly whenever it comes to articles and okay. whatnot. They might not actually end up playing the deck and whatnot.
3: Yeah, and, like, but, the article I was trying to pull up, Ross literally talked about, like, how the past two tournaments his deck, like, decisions have been dog shit.
1: Okay. Yeah, like, and plus, like, you might have an article come out on Wednesday and then get new day, so you make it. A- like the new information that comes around. Magic moves extremely fast, mm-hmm. um, but I, I don't mind paying for content especially when it comes from a lot of creators on this site in particular, that I really respect what they have to say like such as Jerry Thompson and Brad Nelson. Yeah, um, I, I think uh... most of the time, a lot of the information that they give is valuable and I don't mind paying for it. Um,
0: Alright, so give me a percentage on propaganda then. Is it like 10%? I,
1: I, propaganda would be like to like do you just mean like a clickbait versus yes. rather than propaganda? Yes, like obviously everything is clickbait. But that's gonna be whether or not there's a paywall or not. Okay, I gotcha. Gavin wants
3: to know who's gonna win worlds now that TL's a dumpster fire, Brian.
1: Uh SKT. SKT's gonna win.
0: Well, first of all G two. First of all, guys, you need to Let's slow let Let's go down. Europeans. I'm thirty s I'm I'm thirty six. What's TL stand for? Team liquid. Okay and uh what are we talking about league of legends okay good moving on all right
3: but yeah so uh i'm I'm hyped to try this deck hopefully this list will feel better uh i like the deprive mystic sanctuary combo of you know picking up your counter spell and putting it back on top
0: i so i have a question Uh, this deck has four
3: force of negation in
0: the main which i think is very good okay i think i think you're correct i think four force of negation is excellent um why is everybody playing two magmatic sinkholes? Why isn't it one? Why is there two in each list? Do you really have the ability to delve that much? Yeah, I mean, like, it's like two, it's like uh, two murderous uh, cuts, you know, back in the day. I just don't, I just feel like that you have more was power wrong. to
3: fuel it because of like, it, it's a lot different than like in standard because we have powerful one mana trips and opt in serum visions. Okay. And you also have like, more cheap spells, so... You also have more fetch lands that you can actually play. Sure. Like, this deck's on eight fetches that are on color for the most part.
2: hmm
3: Okay. So I think it just, uh... You can just support two delve spells. Like, I know, back in the day of Phoenix, you were able to play, uh, like, two set of drifts, typically. And I think it's, like, pretty much in the same sense. I gotcha. All
1: right, um, so... Well, yeah, in Phoenix, too, you also like usually only played one but you also used your graveyard more in this deck once your stuff goes to grave it doesn't really matter yeah um, the only things whereas really, like, bef- before you snapcast. didn't want to delve your faithless lootings or your phoenixes or whatever right but now in this deck there's once something's good grave it it it's better off just being exile. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: yeah so that's uh that's what won it pretty pretty exciting okay uh, oh, oh. Two more Simic Wurza decks in second and third. Oh, go God. ahead. What were you about to say? Um, no, go ahead and finish off the top eight. Uh, Grixis Shadow took fourth, so kind of seeing a runaround of uh, what we did in the top eight of the open there. Uh, fifth place was this Jund Goblins deck, which the ju- the reason why they're splashing green now is for grimgolly. This one was also playing Once Upon a Time, which, uh, you know,
0: if you can, why not? So you got to explain Grimgali because people don't know what this is because I didn't know what it was. Well, so
3: Grimgali is a red, a green, and a colorless for a 3-3 three, three, that each other non-human creature you control enters the battlefield with an additional plus one, plus one counter on it. So each goblin. Well, sure, yep. in this deck, yep. but... In this deck. He doesn't just trigger goblins. Yep. Uh, so, basically this is like your Malira, your Anafenzo, or your... What's the one in Devoted Druid? Uh... Vizier of Remedies.
0: Oh, yeah, Vizier Combo.
3: Uh, to where he basically stops Persist from happening. So you have Putrid Goblin or Murderous Red Cap for Im- per- Infinite Persist, which with a sack outlet like Slingling Commander is infinite damage, infinite drain to your opponent, or infinite red mana with Skirk Prospector.
0: Or if you just have the Murderous Red Cap, it's infinite damage to your opponent.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I, so. I think... So this is again. This is going to be something that uh, I'll continue to talk about, um, so that people will. I don't know. I think everybody needs to hear it. Um, if you are playing in modern and you um, with well, Brian, you're not going to agree with this 100. percent But um, if you want to be highly competitive for the most point or for the most part, um, you're going to need some type of combo in your deck, right? I will also disagree. Yes. Yeah, so. Um, Right now, I think Combo is taking over Modern itself. Would you agree with that? I think Combo is always very powerful, but...
1: I think in Modern, for your deck to be competitive, you need to be able to, on your best draws, have a turn three kill and be able to consistently kill by turn four. Uh, Whether or not that necessarily is like like, burn, like I played, can kill on turn three, but it's not necessarily a combo deck, but you just can kind of combine your spells to make them dead, right? Yeah, so but, you're,
0: you're going to be
3: on the, yeah. the deck that's an exception, right? Some will argue lightning bolt into your opponent's face is a combo.
1: <laughs> yes, uh, but I do generally think that your nut draws need to not, like, just playing fair.
0: Okay, so uh, this is what I, I guess this is what I try to preach uh, mm. every week when we're going over results, is that, um, you know, most decks are finding themselves... Like, Goblins is a great example of this. This thing did not have a combo in it before. You know, when they first came out with the new Goblin cards. Well, it's because the combo wasn't printed wasn't then. Correct. But, well, you did have a Skirt Prospector combo, right? No, before... Gr- Grumgali literally came out in the new set. Okay. So, um, I guess this isn't a perfect example. What's, a, what's the example for um, the deck that wasn't a combo that had a combo put into it i think we just went over it god damn it anyways me. yeah anyways so even like primeval titan would you would you consider that brian would you consider that a combo deck yeah pretty much yeah okay Yeah. so it's doing something similar um to burn where it's just trying to kill you on three or four but it's not an actual combo deck um so it's it's very similar to burn and i think uh, you need to be playing those consistent decks that are going to kill on three or four in order to be uh, competitive in Modern right now.
3: Yeah, and I'll agree. I, uh, I've i always been a fan of, you know, the kill-em-dead decks in Modern, even when I'm playing Tron. Like, the game doesn't actually end on turn three or four, but the game virtually ends
0: on those turns most of the time. That's a great deck. We didn't have, uh, we didn't have a combo for uh, um, Tron until Karn was printed. Mm-hmm. That's a really good one. So it's like everybody has a combo now.
3: Yeah, but, like, Karn isn't even a guarantee for Tron. It's just, like, a meta thing. Yeah. But that, that's actually, like, the really interesting thing with Tron right now is, like, there are so many meta-call cards you can play in Tron between, like, Karn, Once Upon a Time, Relic, Dismember, Thrag Tusk. Which member? Dismember right here.
0: Oh, yes.
3: But, uh, so going back to the top eight, we did have a Tron deck top eight here. We had... How are you gonna eat on stream while we're doing a fucking podcast? <laughs> it's, a, it's a cream fucking filled donut, Richard. Give me a break. It, it this is a podcast. <laughs>
2: this
3: isn't a Wendy's. Brian, can I eat right now? Can I eat a uh, uh, Can I eat a donut?
1: Oh, please do. Thank
3: you. <laughs> God damn it, Brian. God,
1: Richie, <laughs> fucking Hitler, killing me.
3: But uh so we have Amulet <laughs> Titan in seventh and Wurza again in eighth. Uh Jun got ninth. Uh Deck close to Brian's heart, which we'll get to Brian's, uh, you know, success in magic in a minute, but I know you played a lot of Jun back in the day, uh, yeah, rather that was the, good. for the better or worse back then.
1: It was for the better back then, in a good twin matchup.
0: Now, uh, now you've learned, you just need to...
1: I've, I've, I've learned.
0: You need to kill him. Dude, the burn Jun matchup is still really rough, so don't even tell me you're just gonna kill him, because that deck is still, Jun is good, Right, Brian? Uh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. my friend Gavin isn't playing Jun. So. Um, okay, give us um, give us your top twenty decks. Or no, let's say top fifteen <laughs> decks. I don't want you to list them, but would Jun be in your top fifteen decks for competitiveness in Modern?
1: Um sure. Okay, thank you.
3: Sega's ripping on you is that first pizza then a donut. <laughs> You know what, they get off my fucking back, man. Alright, with uh with that we're gonna move on to standard though, where oh wow, look. Four Soul food decks in the top eight. Uh fuck this card for uh, lack of a better term. And by this card? Oko. Oko? Fuck Oko. Sloco, man. Uh but yeah, so this is kind of the the new build we've been seeing really take over. Uh you know, they're splashing black for a couple of Roska's little Bit of card advantage, a little extra removal, and then uh, you know, four of the very diverse, easy, uh, yeah, good in a, good in every matchup, noxious grasp. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you guys have ever played with. I, I actually tried Saltai food at the be towards the beginning of this format for Vraska and trying out um, a trophy over Noxious Grasp. Um, but have you guys ever had an Oko and a Vraska out at the same time? No, no. It's really gross, because you just... Because her plus is your sacrifice, another permanent. Yeah, oh, so yeah. you just take like, a food, use and your food and turn it into a card. Yeah, it's like a free clue. That's not true. And fair. it's really gross.
3: And it, it gains you one of that three life that that food would have gained you. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it... And then it, that's if you're not already using the food for Gilded Goose or Wicked Wolf. It's, it's just... It's... Frasca's just actually really good with Oko. Yeah.
3: So this, uh... This deck's very strong, probably the best deck in standard. Uh, you know, really really hope Wizards eventually ban Zoko, but...
0: All right, so what else made the top eight, Richie, other than uh, Saltai Fire? Yeah,
3: so uh, there were two copies of this Jeskai Fires deck, which is essentially a Fires of Invention deck, which Fires of Invention is a red and 3 colorless enchantment, which you can cast spells only during your turn, and you can only play up to two spells each turn. But you can cast spells with converted mana cost less than or equal to the number of lands you control without paying their mana costs. And so you use things like the Cavaliers, which have really good ETBs. Like this one uh, lets you look at the top two cards and put them back in any... or draw three cards and then put two back. So brainstorm.
0: Okay.
3: Uh, Cavalier of Flame is a 6-5 that for two red or red and a colorless, you can give your board plus one, plus one haste. Okay. And when he also enters the battlefield... You discard any number of cards and then draw that many cards. And when he dies, he does X damage equal to the number of land cards in your graveyard. And then you also get to use Fey, which is very strong, to basically tutor up any of the non-creatures in your sideboard, uh, even like Casualties of War, which you can't cast. Uh, you can cast through Fires of Invention. So that's neat. Basically, this is like the trying to go over the top of the over the top decks in this format. Yeah. Uh, drawn from dreams is basically dig through time in this deck uh so yeah this is this is what control is really like having to look
0: like in the format right now go big or go home Mm Mm-hmm. okay so we've got just guy fires we got soul tie food and we've got uh there's a rakdos aggro deck which was this is pretty much your traditional like
3: Rakdos Agro deck. Uh, There's <laughs> not nice. many like nice it's, it's just trying to get get them dead, you know. This uh, is just
0: Rakdos Agro.
3: This deck has thirty five elks in it, so you know.
0: <laughs> it does for creatures. Mm-hmm. Very cool.
3: Uh, I I'm sure this deck is fine, but I could not see playing this deck in an elk format.
1: Probably not. I'm really surprised that they're not running ember cleave at all i mean that's yeah the i so
3: that's actually the cleave. thing i've been i've been testing that like mardu knight stack that came out of the mc and i've been liking it a decent amount so i was pretty surprised not to see ember cleaver because uh ember cleaving and rotting register kills pretty fast just 14 of really, real quick.
1: really really fast Cool, it's actually uh and six sixteen right because it gets to plus one plus one.
3: Oh yeah yeah it is plus one plus one I thought it was an eight for some reason, but I couldn't remember where. Uh, and also, if you ember cleaver your elk, it kills
0: Oco. Okay. I mean, you guys are definitely speaking Spanish right now because you're talking about standard cards. And, uh, I don't know what you're talking about.
3: <laughs> yeah, and uh, so the last deck that got into top eight is Four Color Wolves. This is uh, just a different Oco flavor. Cool. You know, sometimes uh, instead of sprinkles on your ice cream, you want cherries. So Nice. This person brought cherries, but unfortunately got beat by the sprinkles, because, let's be honest, sprinkles are better than cherries. All right, so
0: I, I have a very good idea for next week. hmm um, I know you got to drive home after the podcast, but I'm going to do some boozing next week, and every time we say Oco, okay, I'm going to take a drink of alcohol. This is just going to be like the Hogak thing.
3: I can't confirm, like, I can't <laughs> allow you to do that, because I can't have my boss die.
0: Unless you, like... Say I can take over the company, then I might... It, it'll, just, it. it'll just be beer. It won't be liquor or anything. But each time... So if you guys want to stop by next week and you're at home, you know, in, in uh, the safety of your own home, you want to have uh, about 100 drinks of beer with me, um, we'll probably be doing that next week talking about OCO. So feel free.
3: Yeah, and so uh, the one other deck I, re- I like, want to talk about for a minute is Zach Allen's Four Color Fires deck. This is basically like the guy deck, except a little more Super Friends-heavy... Mm-hmm. Uh, and a little bit more er- earlier interaction. And I actually, I want to, I want to message Zach. I'm going to message him after the podcast. Cause I want to get his opinion on this deck. Cause this deck,
0: this deck looks sweet to me. Okay. So well, it's basically uh, just, uh, four color super friends. Yeah.
3: What yeah. do you think of this deck, Brian?
1: Uh, I think, uh, he's a teammate of mine. I think he's a crazy person. Uh, but he's really good at deck building. And this deck looks really interesting. Uh, I'm not sure how good this is compared to the other fires deck, but adding the black to it make um, is um, gives you a lot of diff- like different avenues of ways to attack uh, the Oko decks. So I, um, I know that he likes sometimes of different builds of popular decks. Like there was the one team event earlier this year where he played standard and he was on the. Uh, the eyed Golo stack, not the bank Golo stack, for yeah. example. Um
3: And like he played, he, he had a top eight with Esper control.
1: Uh, yeah. When I think a
3: lot of people were on blue white at that time.
1: Yeah. He he tends to I I know this add black to try to go over the like top of the other like the pseudo mirrors basically. Yeah. Uh, this is probably him attempting to do something similar.
3: And it was actually funny because like when I was looking at these results earlier, I was thinking to myself like, man. 'Cause I'm trying to get prepared for the invitation. I was like, if everybody's main decking v- or uh Noxious Grasp, is there a playable Grixis deck in this format? And I was like, Probably not. And then I've seen this and I'm like, Maybe I'll register some Nico Bolasses. <laughs> Nico Bolas seems really, really Nico fun. Bolas is sweet. And he's an Oko when your opponent has an Oko.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's a uh he's an elk. He's not an elk. He's not an elk, but he... Only he artifacts or
3: creatures are elks. Bolas is too badass to be
0: an elk. Yeah, Bolas mm-hmm. is sweet.
3: So, yeah, uh, the re- other decks in the top eight, we just see, like, a little bit more f- uh, Jeskai Fires. We see this Golgari Henge deck, which uh, I'm I'm pretty skeptical on. I can't see myself registering the Great Henge in noko format. Uh, just seems like a lot of work for an elk. Okay. Kind of the same problem the Rakdos deck has, in my opinion. Then we see a couple more Oko
0: and a couple more Fire decks to round out the top 16. So that looks like standard. So again, guys, if you're going to play some standard, do yourself a favor, buy four copies of Oko. Uh, Gavin says in chat
3: that Allen said the deck was not good into the green. So probably not a good choice. Okay. Allen probably got ninth off the fact that he is Zach Allen.
1: Okay. Yeah, he's just kind of out muscles his opponents. He's just really good at this game. He had three scg open top eights in a row which like, uh oh that was gonna be my that.
3: fun fact for the week Okay. alan was tied for the most consecutive uh scg open top eights in a row oh, okay with who uh that uh, I'm there's not... a f-
1: there's a few others yeah I th- believe. there's a
3: couple that he's tied with okay but if he would have top eighted this open he would have uh had the most consecutive open top eights
0: oh very cool um all right so we're gonna move on guys Um uh, And we're going to let you know that there are some uh, events coming up here. There's Magic Fest uh, for the 2019 schedule. Um, Again, like I said earlier at the podcast, uh, there won't be limited. That's slowed down.
3: We can Uh, actually talk about
0: Magic Fest. Yeah, you won't see that um, until next year. Um, And most of those, not most of them, but several of them are going to be replaced um, by Pioneer. Pioneer Because limited is, though it's for those limited players out there... um, they, they love their limited but um, it is not the most um, I guess profitable format I would say for um, uh, well for it's, wizards. Pre- it's pretty profitable for wizards it just doesn't
3: it's not great for like us players because it's very hard to like look at
0: results from a limited format and like sure. take and adapt that our own so we have uh, Leon coming up uh, that's gonna be standard uh, this weekend also Nagoya uh, which is going to be standard. And then um, something that is going to be stateside for you guys uh, the following week is going to be Richmond, and that will be standard. So, and then um, in November. This at the
1: same time as the Pro Tour. The Pro yeah. Tour is in Richmond. and There's a Grand Prix at the same time. Okay.
0: And then uh, for those of you that are in the Midwest with us, uh, we will have we will, I believe, all of us will be at uh, S or will be at uh, GP um, Columbus. Brian, you going to be there? Um, yeah I'll be Twenty there. second. cool I yep. won't I still don't like magic fest okay yeah well so um, myself and Brian will be there so um, we will do our best uh, to kill you dead but if you guys kill us then we're all right with that
2: yeah so uh, <laughs>
0: all right let's uh let's hop into our
3: main topic here which is actually gonna be Brian hey
2: uh, so yeah
3: we what I pulled up here is I just pulled up a quick MTG goldfish results history of you know brian's major events because a couple weeks ago you had uh, i would say your biggest accomplishment
1: correct uh i would say the second i think that making the pro
3: you think making still- the pt is uh still higher than top 80 and open
1: yeah i i, I would say so that that was at least for my goal this okay. time was just trying to make finally get to-, to the pro tour so i i felt good about both obviously i just if i could only pick one i would pick the pro tour
3: okay yeah, so, uh, your first result was actually back in 2015, and it was with Jund, actually. Uh, funny enough, like like we were saying, Brian used to be a real big Jund player.
1: And yeah, played like a lot of Jund. It's really interesting
3: <laughs> to, like, you know, kind of see the growth of, like, how, like, we mentioned the growth of, like, you... This result was still kind of, like, back when you were playing Magic competitively, but you... You know, you weren't grinding super hard. You weren't, like, going out every weekend you can.
1: Uh, no, at that point, I was mostly just doing any, like, maybe Star Cities that were in, like, Ohio, since we're, like, located in Michigan, and then, uh, like, PPTQs that happened to be close, and I happened to win a PPTQ to make that RPTQ, and that re- re- getting that close to the, to the Pro Tour is really what got, like, lit the fire. Does that make sense?
3: Yeah, because uh, 2016 is really when you said you started to take off as a grinder for the most part and that's when you really started attending more and more events as it went on
1: yeah there was it doesn't show it here but um shortly after that uh rptq uh there was uh grand prix pittsburgh uh which i played john again and uh going 12 and 3 i own 50th and, yeah uh... Uh, it didn't get posted but that was the last uh splinter Twin. Like Splinter Twin. Won that was that. the last
3: Splinter Twin event,
1: if I remember, because yeah. that was that was yeah.
3: the Jeskai Twin event.
1: Yeah, that was the Jeskai Twin that won that one. Yeah. So that, like those two back to back, really close, like one win away from the Pro Tour uh, wins with John's really kind of like. It's set what really set to, the fire. Yeah. Yep.
3: Uh, and then like like you said, you that you really started you know going hard in 2016 is that's when we start to see you know the the top eights and the results really start coming in you know. You had yep. another Jun, but you, you actually surprisingly have a decent split between modern and standard. Uh even though most people really, I think, know you for your, you know, modern play.
1: Yeah, I um have had overall, I think, a better win rate in modern than in standard. I could be wrong, that, mm-hmm. but um I've had kind of split results between them. Yeah.
3: Yeah we uh, we see. I I talked about you. You were saying you were destroying this tournament with this suite green white hardened scales deck uh, back when it was standard legal
1: yeah so there was a uh grand Prix I believe it was somewhere in Texas I believe it was Dallas that um where this deck like popped out out of nowhere and kind of destroyed the event but people realized that it had a bad rally matchup because this was like at the end of the rally days mm-hmm. and so people like dropped the deck immediately after that event but I took it to I took it to this uh star City event and I started off like eight one on day one and then hit like the gauntlet of like all the best people that were there. Cause this was one like Michael majors was still playing. So I play against Michael majors, Cedric Phillips, Todd Anderson, Owen Turtenwald, oh wow, and Jeff Hoogland all in one event. So I ended up only getting 32nd place after starting eight one.
2: Yeah.
3: You, uh, you really got the feel for, uh, for the grinders at that point.
1: I did. I did.
3: <laughs> yeah. Then we, then we see a couple other, uh, standard results. You had a blue white spirits, uh, Two green black deliriums. Which this is actually the deck that I, I knew about your Jun top or your Junda placing with at Pittsburgh that you were talking about. But this was when I really started seeing you like go on the map more. Was uh, you went on a tear with green black delirium for a while. You were very proficient at this deck.
1: Yeah, I played the Delirium when uh, Emrakul was still a thing. Turns out that um, Marvel was the way you're supposed to be actually playing the deck. <laughs> but I was playing the Delirium when that we had figured out that that was one of the better decks. Um, and then I continued to play um, like Green Black once Constrictor came out for like the energy builds. Yeah, you uh,
3: you got twenty first in a classic with the Green Black Constrictor deck. Yeah, uh, and then. Uh, the, the other deck that you had a lot of success with, even though it's not mentioned here, I remember uh, both you and Tilk were going to a lot of GPs at this time, and both of you were like just narrowly missing out of making the PT, if I remember right.
1: Yeah, like, I I had a lot of results with uh, All Praise Be the Hazard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's I put a, up a lot of results it was a hell with hard.
3: Yeah, th- this is where you and I can kind of like share our love of... Uh, you like all three of us really put up a tear. I qualified for like 3 PPTQs in a row with this deck or 3 RPTQs in a row with this uh I remember you guys were having a race to see who could make the PT first. Yeah, uh, And this deck was really was really the backbone of a lot of a lot of success in the Michigan area in general, I feel like.
1: Yeah, uh this this and it was basically just Scarab God versus it at the yeah. time.
3: I uh I definitely preferred my red decks at that time. So, then nationals you mentioned you lost a win in in with playing red black aggro. Uh, I believe you said to Turtenwald, correct?
1: Yeah, I I just got really good at this standard at and at, at this limited. So I was lost a top eight at nationals to Owen. That one actually ended up on. we were the backup camera match. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they showed it in like a time. They showed it in a, like one of those what the time-shifted matches or whatever um on camera but he kind of just destroyed me
3: yeah and you even flexed your limited skills a little bit here where you uh you six and o'd the limited portion of this event correct?
1: uh yeah five one five one uh, okay yeah yeah
3: but then uh we get into where you per- started performing again at a really high power level was with is it phoenix uh as i mentioned that was uh when i first had you on the podcast was when this deck finally uh ceased to exist with the Faithless Looting Ban, I know you were worried about if you would really find something in Modern that you liked as much. Uh you had an event coming up pretty shortly after this banning. You knew
0: he would because Burn exists, man. <laughs> well he
3: he actually didn't plan on playing
0: Burn.
1: I didn't uh, I was initially moved but I, I still even had listen. or I ended up selling the Urza stuff, but and there's Urza was the deck I was initially moving to.
0: Brian, you didn't know you were gonna play Burn But in your heart of hearts, you knew you were
1: going to play burn. Trust me. Hey, turns out the deck is good. (laughs) I've been saying
0: it for five years now. I'm just not good enough to qualify with it. That's all. Now, uh,
3: do you plan on giving Phoenix a try when you do have to play Pioneer? Or do you think you're going to gravitate towards something like Cat Combo?
1: Um... I really can't say at the moment because, again, I don't have any... I don't have anything to do with Pioneer until... You don't
0: give a shit about Pioneer. He's got a grind yeah, I, standard.
1: I, I am because I've, like, I've got, like, four or five PTQs and coming up that are all standard, and I don't have Pioneer until next year. Makes sense. So, um, and plus, I anticipate some other bannings on, like, either Marvel or Cat Combo or what, whatever they sure. end up banning. Yep. Um, so I, I haven't looked into the format at all just because... I have no idea what it's going to look like when I actually need to play it.
3: Yeah. And so, uh, as Josh mentioned, you know, the deck you did end up settling on post-ban is this, is just, you know, your straight-up red-white burn that you've just been kind of crushing it with recently.
1: Uh, Yeah, I had a a PTQ top eight here locally and got top eight at top four, even, at the Open. Yeah.
0: Brian, I want to ask you about uh, Skewer the Critics. Um, yeah. I fucking hate this card, um, to, you know, for a lack of a better phrase or words. Uh, can you tell us how much you also hate this card?
1: Uh, I initially, after playing the deck, agree with you. I've actually, <laughs> my my opinion on it's actually changed a lot.
0: Of course. It's, it is very, it is a very good card. It just is not, it's not what you want it to be. And that's why I hate this card. So tell uh, us about Skewer.
1: Uh, So I think that I think what uh, people might not do enough with this deck is mulligan because I I could say honestly at the event that probably upwards of like 80% of my games because of um, semi-aggressively mulliganing, I had a turn one creature. OK, like like so, almost all the time. So when you have the Tur one creature, basically like all the time, because the London Mulligan allows you to do that. Yes. You just always have skewer on. Now, and so I don't mind it so much then.
0: Brian, I want to I would like to direct you to one of our YouTube videos where I get flamed. Um, there was a gentleman that had flamed me probably about a month ago and said, "I I watched your video on burn and you I do not understand why you Mulligan so much. Please stop... He said, I've been playing Burn for a long time. Please stop mulliganing so much. Uh, we we cannot mulligan that much because um, we are at a disadvantage already. And so my theory is you need to mulligan to have repeatable damage. And this is what I always talk about to people is if you don't have repeatable damage, you can't beat an infant with this deck, right? So you need Goblin Guide. You need Swift Spear. You need Eidolon, right? Or... In uh, legacy, there's what we have, what we call payoff cards, and those payoff cards are Price of Progress and Fire Blast. Um, those do anywhere from four to six to even eight damage sometimes, right? Yeah. Um, so with Burn Theory, um, people do not understand that uh, you have to have repeatable damage in order to, um, you know, do very well with this deck.
1: Yeah, I would say most seven card hands if it doesn't have a creature I'm mulliganing.
0: Correct. And this is something that I talked to you previous weeks going into Indianapolis about Grim Lava Mancer. Um and you I had said I, I asked you to do one thing for me and one thing only, and that was to find a way to play Grim Lava Mancer, correct?
1: I did. I found a way.
0: Good. And I thank <laughs> you. For that thank you very much for that and like I said you know I am I'm not good enough to, uh, to to top with this deck but I'm glad to see that my my little brainchild of lava mancer was a, able to still make it
1: yeah I I obviously um, I actually made a Twitter post that's like a cyborg guide and I had a few people asking me specifically like after the event after the event I had a few people um specifically asking me about Grim Lava Mancer, like, how good were they in, for me in the event and whatnot. Yeah. And I actually find... I have a bias towards this card anyway because I just really like the card. Yes. Um, but it does a lot for the deck and giving you another source of repeatable damage and a way of picking off, like, random Snapcaster mages and everything that make it to where your idolons can't attack. hmm And allows you to, like... Trim on your Searing Blazes, but where you still want a removal spell for, say, Stoneforge or Snapcaster or something along those lines. Correct. The so the Searing Bloods in the
0: sideboard yeah. is what you mean, right?
1: Yeah, because it's a Searing Blood instead. Of, like I would do one or the where Searing Blood has more of an immediate effect, and it's better against, like, your Noble Hierarch decks, Mm -hmm. but I like Lava Mancer because it's good against those decks, and also the Grindy decks as having a repeatable source of damage, which I think that if you don't have those repeatable sources of damage, then even your best sevens aren't typically going to be good enough because you aren't able to uh, get... you want to usually get about, like, four damage out of each of your creatures and usually the math just kind of turns out to where like four is better than three obviously it's a better number (laughs) but like like typically the math checks out to where you might end up short a point or two if all you have are bolts
0: correct Mm -hmm. so um congrats by the way uh with uh with doing so well with this deck i it makes me happy to see that burns in such a good spot and that you did choose this deck because it's my favorite deck um but Tell us what you would uh, what would what would you change in this list going forward, and have you made changes already?
1: Uh, I haven't uh, made any changes yet. Um, (sighs) I don't know what changes I would necessarily make going forward. I I like the main.
0: I don't see anything that would that you could change, to be honest. Um, Um, Even that wise. (sighs)
1: So with Oko being like main deck now with this uh, Simic. Uh, where's a deck, that's going to be a lot harder. Um, I'm not sure exactly how the best way to go about fighting that is.
2: Well, yeah, uh, you, but you... the
1: card I want the most in the sideboard is maybe two Searing Blood, but to go with the Grimlova Mancer, not to, like, replace. Um, because I think that attacking the creatures with, like, Searing effects is the best way to go about fighting Amulet Titan.
2: Okay. Uh,
1: I actually think Searing Blood and Searing Blaze are fantastic in those matchups. Yes, and... they are taking down your azuzas and your tribe scouts is the best like i don't like smashes veterans in that matchup because it's only for the amulet and right. like if they don't have it it's literally just a dead card but basically your searing bloods and searing blazes are always on and so i think that that's the better way to go about fighting the matchup so i think more copies of those in the sideboard to fight in
0: yeah i see like i see two spots i'm not 100% sure that you could uh, cut down on the skull cracks i mean i wouldn't that would not be my first choice, but I think you could probably shave a smash of smithereens, and depending on how much you actually like Firewalker uh, and how much burn you think you're going to see, um, you maybe could go down to two, but mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would tell you, just cut a skull crack and a smash of smithereens if you want two more copies of uh, Searing Effects on the sideboard. Um, but I don't know if I would cut a skull crack. That card's just fucking insane.
1: I think, for the most part, skull crack was basically the only card I sideboarded in time i wouldn't for
0: yeah like it, it's just it's one of my favorite burn cards ever made
1: yeah if if i'm really gonna try to cut a skull crack from the sideboard to make room it's gonna be mostly like cutting a helix from the main to put the skull crack into the main or something along those lines but yeah. i don't really want to do that
0: no you don't want to do that either so i don't know it's, it's a weird one but potentially I... trim a skewer from the main even yeah uh, see
1: i don't even i don't agree with that i think the mana of important that the deck, if anything, gets gluttoned at two drops, so I would probably cut probably a Helix if I were to put a Skullcrank main.
3: Would you put any consideration to cutting a land? Because I know a lot of no. lists are on 19 lands instead of the Fiery Islet. Uh,
1: I think that 20 lands is correct for consistency reasons, and now that we have the Canopy lands, um, I'm really happy with um, like the 20th land being the Fiery Islet. Okay.
0: Yeah, the the other thing too that I like to tell people about is like you don't al- you can't always turn skewer on, um, so it's much like it's like a problematic thing that I have when I play Legacy Burn is that um, I need to be able to hardcast um, uh, the uncounterable un- uh, spell. Uh, what is it called? Exquisite Firecraft. I, Exquisite firecraft. Yes, I need I need three red to hardcast that thing, and there's going to be you know matchups where you're just top decking right, and you need to hardcast a Rift Bolt or you need to hardcast a Skewer. Um, so you need to see those. You need to see those land drops, uh, because it's very important. Because for this deck to fire on all cylinders, you need to have, most of the time, that fourth land to be able to double spell with your Borrower's Charms and your Lightning Bolts. Or, yeah, uh, the Lightning Skewer.
1: Punches. Skewer also, as we were talking about, where you always need to like think every deck needs to be able to have a turn three kill in Modern, mm-hmm. at least. on it's nut draws, uh, Skewer really, really, really helps with the consistency of your turn three kills. Correct. Yeah, because even... it allows you to go the Bolt Spike Skewer or whatever. It's, yes. It adds four more of those.
0: Yeah, even though I hate it, it is it is correct. So I think, I want to say that Skewer is probably a very well-developed card. If if I were to say something good about Wizards that they've done in a long time, is that um, they finally made a very good choice on how they, uh, how they built this card.
1: Yeah, I think this one and Wizards Lightning, I think Wizards Lightning... It requires specific deck. That one requires specific deck building.
0: Yes, so very cool stuff. Um, So there was one other thing that I wanted to ask you before we moved into finance here, Brian. But um, and that was just kind of kind of give us a little rundown on. I know that when you were trying to uh, make the pro tour, this was something that I actually remembered while we were talking here. um, That you were kind of getting a little burnt out, right?
1: Yes, we went much through so. a phase.
0: And I think this is important for for people to know, um, because like even when um, when I was going hard back in the day, I always thought to myself, like, man, I'm trying you know, I, I get up uh, when I was in college. I used to get up in the morning and I'd read the latest articles and I would I'd be balls deep inside of a, uh, a Reddit K hole looking at all the burn lists that have you know topped as of late. And, um, you know, I just, I felt like I, and sometimes I'd be playing two to three days a week. And I was just like, man, I, I don't know why I can't go to these SCGs and do well. And it, it's, there was a lot of, there was a culmination of things, right? There was a lot of things that I was doing wrong. And um, I've never been a great player at this game, but, you know, I've been okay. You know, I'm an FNM All-Star. Um, but what propels you from um, an FNM All-Star um, to an scG competitor to making the pro tour and how do you find yourself not giving up i guess um, because i think that's something that a lot of people in they either do in this um, in this game and in this hobby that we have um, they find it too hard to propel themselves to the next level um, and what kind of what get like made you not give up so tell us
1: all um about that. so in terms of not giving up really a lot of it was is the community like it this is the thing that i consistently do on the weekends rather than just always just go to work come home eat dinner go to sleep go to work the next day i have homework quote unquote i have something i enjoy doing i have something i always have something to work on and get better at and then also have people to do it with like the magic community is great for getting together for road trips and all of that. So that social aspect is what really has kept me going as far as uh, never giving up, uh, competitively. Um, what's kind of propelled me to always get there was just always having set my goal towards making that pro tour. I wanted to at least always do it once and I finally got there. But then now that I did it the one time I want to do it again. Um, you got the fire. I did. I did. It. I did get very burned out for a while there. Though Um, there was a year uh, we were kind of talking about how like planeswalker points kind of tell like how consistently and how much someone plays. Not that they mean a whole ton, but uh, the more points you have typically the you play a ton i for one planeswalker season had the 23rd most in the world yeah that was 2017 you you said said,
3: 2017 to 2018 yeah so
1: i i that was when i got the most burnt out because i just was going to 10 hour drives three times a month in order to make it to all these grand prix um and my results were actually kind of lower than they have been this past year when i've slowed down um i found that
3: do you think part of it could have get... been the pressure you put on yourself at that time
1: it could be definitely um also just i found that preparing better for each event has been better for me than just trying to go to all of them so i would go through from like a standard grand prix to a modern SEG open to a limited Grand Prix and so there'd be like three different formats and I would moderately prepare for each of them but not really have done the best I could for each one so I found that by taking a step back and taking each event I don't want to say more seriously but preparing better for each event rather than going to every single possible event that I can physically get to has been better for my results
0: yeah I mean I feel like that in my work too um, you know I've I've refined I guess that kind of as a parallel to my work uh, I used to grind basically every GP every SCG um, on the business side of things and um, I don't feel like I've succeeded as much as when I took a step back and said okay I don't need to be at every one of these things I just need to refine my craft better and uh, do things like a little bit different and prepare myself better um, to grow my business. And so I I feel like you're right about that. Like you can, you can spin your wheels a little bit and think that, Oh, I've got to be at every single one of these things. You don't, you don't have to, um, you just have to make sure that you're prepared and you're doing things correctly and, uh, you can still do well at them.
1: Yeah. That's, um, like the, my first pro tour, where i finally made it was uh, mythic championship one earlier this year in cleveland um when i won my rptq i hadn't gone to an event for three straight weeks and had only tested modern to figure out which deck i wanted to play and what build of it and everything and refined it over three weeks and then that event was the one that i uh happened to spike it and while that there's just good variance for me that I could have prepared for three weeks and still not made it. But I want to say that by doing that, I gave myself the best opportunity and the best percentage chance to make it. And it cashed in.
3: Yeah. yeah I, uh, I definitely agree. I've, I've actually like recently came into a similar situation where I, uh, I've been grinding the SCG c- circuit for about the past year. And I wasn't, once I decided to like fully grind, I, I, You know, I had a couple close, like, calls to making day twos, but I hadn't really had anything. And then I had a couple plans fall through for a couple events and didn't really get to go anywhere for about a month. But it really, like, it made my attitude a lot better for when I was going to the events, you know. I felt like I enjoyed them a lot more, and in turns I just ended up doing better because, you know, getting to go to the event felt more of a more of like i was enjoying that i was going there more than i was like just trying to focus on doing the best i could and being less results oriented and more about the
0: experience and just the actual like playing of magic yeah that's something we talked about the last couple weeks it's just um you know for some of those people out there brian i know like um you're you're probably a little bit more focused on on the results as of right now, because you are doing well and you've, you've kind of, I think you've, you've kind of cracked that, um, that ability to be like, okay, I can go to a tournament and I'm gonna, I'm a hundred percent going to day two this thing most of the time. Right. Let's, let's just say 80% you feel like, right.
1: Yeah. If I don't day two, I did poorly. Yeah.
0: And so, you know, there's not, you know, not everybody's like that, you know, um, it, you know, for those For all of our listeners, watchers, you know, not everybody can be like, oh, well, I'm most likely going to go in day two this thing. A lot of people, you know, probably 70% of people don't feel like that. Um, But, you know, like this past uh, event that you took fourth at, I took 23rd and Richie took 71st. I took 71st, yeah. Yeah, so um, it was just, it was one of those things where, I went into the weekend, and Richie and I talked about it, and I talked about this last week um, when we talked about um, the event was I was going to play Burn right up until, like, two days beforehand. I'd been testing online. I'd be testing my list. And then I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to take this deck that I haven't played um, in, like, two months, and I'm going to have fun because I don't need I don't need to go in having pressure um, behind me and, and worry about it. And I ended up doing well. And so that's another thing that uh, a lot of people don't take into uh, these events is having fun. Um, if you're not one of those people like yourself, uh, where you're like, well, I'm in a day two, basically every event I go to is go and have fun, right? Because, like, I mean, you still, you yourself still have fun when you go to these events, correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I find that the decks I enjoy more and have more fun with are the ones I tend to do better with. Exactly. So, in fact,
0: yeah, and, and that's another thing about magic is um, because that that puts you on another playing field also, right? If you feel like, you know, this does matter to me, but I'm going to have some fun and I, I want to beat my opponents in style uh, and I want to do it the way I want to do it, um, that really that propels you to a, another level to where you can just say, hey, I went and had fun and I did great and that's what a lot of people um that are grinding, they don't take into consideration all the time and so I think that's something that people should take into consideration too.
1: Yeah, cuz roughly in theory about half of your events should not go the best, right? Because yep. it's uh and so like if you're able to enjoy the times where you didn't do so well um is what makes the grind a lot easier. Correct.
3: Yeah, I was actually uh I talked about it with Gavin actually this past weekend, and I kind of agree with it. Uh, about 40% of your matches, you're probably going to win. Another 40, you're going to lose due to either, like, you know, bad matchups, bad variants, whatever, you know, things that you can't control. And then there's about 20% that you can actually control, and the results will actually be in your hands.
0: Yep. All right, Brian. So um, I appreciate you talking to us about that. Yeah. Um, and now we are going to get into finance. You like use some finance or what? Eh. I just <laughs> eh, you know, I don't know.
1: I You'd just like buy cards while I need them. Yes,
0: exactly. I mean, um, it, it's not a it's not a huge thing for you because you can't you can't be like, Oh well I'm gonna spec on this card. Uh, it's just cool when your cards go up in value and it's it's uncool when they go down in value, right?
1: Uh yeah, it really for me it's mostly just like like I said, I just but mostly just only buy the cards I need because usually the rest of my investment into magic is the trap. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting physically to the event. Yeah.
0: All right. So, uh, this week guys, um, every week we go over, uh, basically, um, MTG stocks. We go on their uh, website and we let you guys know, Hey, what's going on. Uh, this week is going to be uh, basically Pioneer Spikes, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, Pioneer was announced and then everything went crazy. All these buyouts happened. Um, we were we were definitely a part of that. We had um, all of our fast lands were gone. We had probably, I don't know, upwards of a hundred of some of them. Um, our top sellers are Treasure Cruise and Wild Slash. Yes, our, our top mm-hmm. sellers. Um, I guess we could click on it here. Um, it'll scroll through. But wild slash treasure Cruise, prison realm, uh, persistent Partitioners, I don't know what that's about, but um, you know we're seeing some. We're seeing a lot of pioneer cards. A tune uh, with yeah, aether. A tune with aether. <laughs> hey, grill spiral. Um, so we're seeing a lot of cards shoot off the shelves here, um, off of our site, uh, just because of pioneer. So uh, this week, if you guys were holding on to your Kaladesh cards, well, then you're in luck, right? either works marvel is up uh, almost 500 it's at eight bucks Um, i'm not sure it's looking like this card um, is probably going to stay up until they figure out what's going on i don't see it um, i don't see it going down yet Um, but another good thing is if you another great thing not a good thing if you don't give a shit about pioneer um, and you're like oh my god I kept all these cards because I was just too lazy to move them or they were they were worth dog shit by the time I tried. And look at me now. I'm getting paper. <laughs> look at me now. Uh, so, yeah, so go ahead and uh, ship your Aetherworks Marvels. It's a good spot um, to do it. A lot of the other cards that you're going to want to ship um, are your Siege Rhinos, um, your, oh, God, what is the other card? What's the, the combo card, you guys, uh, that you can untap stuff with? um the three drop uh, enchantment just, guy ascendancy. just, just guy ascendancy. yes yep. just guys ascendancy is really great to move right now um the the old siege rhino went from what 50 cents to back up to four bucks um and also another really cool thing is you're seeing these these pretty big spikes on other cards um like death right shamans back up to 10 bucks Thought Seasons are at 24 We were I was moving these at happily at $13. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
0: so that's you know almost doubled in price. Lily of the Last Hope, man, this card is just uh, absolutely moving too. It's uh, at $48.93, which is insane. That was like peak value for this thing,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, if not more. I think it was like 60 bucks at max. Yes. But... Uh, abrupt Decays are no longer... Uh, yeah, I was, I was paying like dollar fifties on this and feeling like a true champion paying people dollar fifties on these things. They are now $8. So I will be paying $4 to $5 on these things now. So, uh, collector brutality, uh, at 1449. I didn't know that that was up. I felt like collector brutalities were around 16. Yeah.
3: I thought they were too.
0: Uh, so this, uh, we don't always get the data right, but you know, that's, uh, Look out for these cards specifically. Um, another thing too, our uh, good buddy Lance Nines, um, the collector, the largest collector of Smuggler's Copter, probably in history. Yeah, he he said he had like over a thousand, right? Yes, uh, I I could go back through the the Facebook archives about two years ago, three years ago when I met him and said, "Hey, buddy, you're a weirdo. <laughs> I like you. Uh, will you you're Smuggler Copter guy for the rest of my life?" Uh, will you post all of your copies of Smuggler's Copter on the group? And he's like, hell yeah, man. And so that's how we kind of became buddies. It's um, hilarious. And now he's like, an SCG grinder, and he's I, really good at baggage. I loaned him a modern deck and didn't even know that you knew him. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, sorry, Lance. Uh, rest in peace, Smuggler's Copter. Um, he posted the picture, what, about a week ago showing... He got rid of them at a Magic Fest for like... $5. Yeah. Yeah, and he there was a literal fucking stack of them. Yeah. So I think he took bulk price on these things um and so they're up to seven bucks so sorry lance um and dig through time's another one uh treasure cruises uh pull those out those aren't quarters anymore um so these cards are great yes all these cards are great in this format and um you know we're mom's basement games is very happy Marvel's on the and we'll so the that one's good everybody else that is uh that kept this stuff so um so some cheap pickups this week um is gonna be corn yeah corn scion of urza um i think this card should be probably 15 bucks not nine bucks
3: yeah i think this is low but i also like kind of don't know where this card's gonna see a bunch of play at Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. yep uh he's kind of been replaced by like experimental frenzy or uh uh what's the colorless experimental frenzy uh mystic forge
0: okay yeah, and uh, I don't like to see this. Um, I never like to see a dinosaur on the all-time lows <laughs> uh, because I have a soft spot in my heart for dinosaurs. But Carnage Tyrant this week is at six dollars and seventy-one cents, uh, so kind of bummed out about that. Uh, but hold fast on those Carnage Tyrants because if it ever sees a standard reprint, that card should be probably in fifteen bucks, like it was. Yeah, even if it like hits off in Pioneer once uh you know, the format gets figured out. <laughs> once the format's not all combo or yeah. turn three. Yeah, man, it's a bad week for Karn. Yeah, so uh, Karn the Great Creator is down to uh, nine bucks, and uh, foils are twenty. I just traded away a foil last week, and it was twenty dollars, and it felt really bad. I God, felt like the I was only to, twenty. I felt like I wanted to take it. I wanted to take that card back from that person and be like, "I'm gonna put this in my closet for a few years. You don't get this, Karn." Um, the foils. I mean, this card's just. Absolutely, I think I don't. Wouldn't say it revolutionized modern uh, for some decks, but no. um, it's really done. It's done a number for uh, Tron. Um, it's even in Legacy. Yeah, like yeah uh, was, red, that's, that was the my mono next. Red prison that decks. was my next sentence. Was in Legacy. It's just absolutely uh, phenomenal. It gives decks that didn't have a combo a combo, right? And so that's um, that's. And a combo at a pretty cheap cost because you don't have to play shitty cards in your main deck. Correct, and it's colorless, so. Uh, you know you can you can use those ancient tombs and you can use those city of traders uh, to your advantage um, to whip out a uh, a very fast Mycosynth lattice like a turn a turn three mm-hmm. um, so I think karn's done a lot for the game and I think he's gonna he's gonna buy. yes this is a hundred percent buy I don't believe karn can go any lower than nine bucks um, he's at 898 uh, allegedly right now and so I think he's a, a bottom of the barrel he's a 15 to 20 dollar
1: card in the future i would agree Um, you you know you know it's going to retain its value when it doesn't standard plane that's already at nine bucks like (laughs) it's only going to go up yes absolutely this Um, uh
0: this is a sad one for brian yes brian uh,
1: we're sorry i I love this card yes
0: finale of promise is at a a record low at five dollars um it's a it was it was a mythic that was um i wouldn't say was very hyped uh, but I did I did um, build a, a legacy finale, a promise deck, because there was so much hype behind it. People were like, Josh, are you going to play this in Legacy Burn? I'm like, fuck no, it seems really bad, but I'll play it for you guys. I'll get dumpstered on stream for you. It was great in Phoenix. Oh, yeah, but, like, I mean, you just can't... You just don't want to be casting this. Like, you want to be casting Exquisite Firecraft on three.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, at three mana. Um, and you don't really care about four mana, so you're just like, mm-hmm. eh. This card kind of sucks in Legacy Burn, but uh, in um, Phoenix, it was just absolutely... Like, it was game-ending. Yeah. like you, it, you it lost on game its game. own would get you back your Phoenixes. Yeah, you literally lost the game. Like
1: Particularly once Aria Flame became a card.
0: Yeah, how did you feel when you casted this card? Was, were you just giggling inside, Brian?
1: Uh, the first time I cast Finalea Promise was actually when I was it with an active Pyromancer Ascension, so I got double... Um, it felt nutty. I think I cast 16 spells that turn.
3: Yeah, so, I mean... Should have just played a grape shot. <laughs> I
1: had a, I had a Sahili on the field. I had six... <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> I made them all that turn. Yep.
0: Oh, look. The wife says hi. Hi, Julie. Hey, baby girl. Yeah, so those are our... Uh, that's our finance for this week. Um, and uh, I would also like to direct you guys to the old tweeter... Uh, if you guys aren't on Twitter, get yourself a goddamn Twitter. You hear me? Uh, if you are on Twitter, uh, find us at MomsBasementMTG. Uh, we will be sending out... Uh, we will be spamming you only about twice a week right now, I think. Maybe a little bit. a uh, lot, Like, more than that. I lied. It's like probably five <laughs> times a week because each time we go online, each time we go on Twitch, we send out a message that says, hey, we're streaming on Twitch. Come check us out. Or when I have... Um, you know alpha tropical islands I like to let you guys know that I have those things Um, because so many people are looking for alpha tropical islands well they will be this weekend fuck you I'm going to eternal there's going to be some ballers. There's going to be millions of dollars. I,
3: I want to know how you do moving this stuff or if you have to just like take cash on
0: it. You'll find out. Yeah. I'll talk about, I'll talk all about it next week on the, uh, on the podcast. Um, also, um, you know, we've got Aaron here. That's, we let you guys know like, hey, Aaron's going to be streaming Pioneer. Um, so we're on a big kick to uh, build you that Pioneer content that you guys need. Um, also. Uh, You can follow Richard. He's at RichardTMTG, so follow him. He has uh, more followers than the Mom's Basement Games account right now, but I am catching up. Probably because I don't spam a lot. I'm catching up. I'm at 332, and uh, Richie is at 384, so fuck you, Richie. I'm coming after you. Uh, Brian, um, well, fuck you. We're both beating you. (laughs) 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 Brian's got 150 followers, so do yourself a favor and please follow him. To be Um, fair, Brian's not very active on Twitter, though.
1: No. I'm not.
0: Yeah. But, uh, I mean, now that he's doing so fucking good, he's going to have to be active on Twitter.
1: (laughs) I definitely always post whenever um, I'm at an event. I try to keep track so people can, like, keep up with how I'm doing round by round. Good.
0: I just can't get over this baby meme yeah so
1: oh this was that was my reaction gift to tyler making his first pro tour yes ah, makes sense um
0: and you can find brian on twitter at carryds ds 92 and what does the ds stand for um brian
1: uh my old gamer tag from back from like the halo two days it was dark soul
0: oh, okay you dark know, soul. super was... edgy I, oh, yeah, was, I was super
1: edgy, man. <laughs> I was thinking
0: something different. Okay, good. So find Brian at, at DS 92 um, So let's see. What else do we need to to let him know about you? Oh, Brian, you are sponsored by? RW. There you go. You got to hashtag it every time, right? I when I, I, had, do. When I, I have him at
1: it on my, on my uh, Twitch.
0: Hell yeah. Not when on I, when I had the tungster working with us, um, man, I had to fire on that guy. I was like, hey. Can you, can you just at Mom's Basement once in a while, buddy? I mean, we pay you monies. <laughs> How's he doing, by the way? Have you talked to him lately?
1: Uh, I've, I've talked to him a bit. Um, he has been mostly looking for a new job. Uh, he finished up like software programming school. Uh, he's uh, getting a new job, I believe, very soon. I think he was either in the interview process or about to accept the offer. Nice. Uh, so he should be coming back to Magic very soon.
0: Cool, cool. All right, well, uh, Brian, we appreciate uh, you coming on today, and yeah, it's always great to have you on. Brian, you know this was yeah. only an hour and forty-six minute podcast, so our uh, our listeners might make it through about thirty minutes of it. So, um, you know, let's hope they scrub to the the part where you talk passionately about being awesome at magic. <laughs> thanks yes sir all right all right you guys thanks for stopping by and we will be on uh next monday at five thirty. so th- i'll be on thursday uh playing some pioneer and friday because some uh, little bitch has to be at eternal weekend uh and by this little bitch you mean this large bitch i will be uh, yeah, yeah, i'll be slinging cards this weekend so I'll, I'll try to keep you guys in the uh in the loop about how i took down eternal weekend this weekend with burn um and yeah we'll see you guys next week thanks for stopping by all right, bye. Thanks.